Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Today's episode is brought to you by us at Rift Wine and Tap. Yeah, that's right. Our own bar. We're sponsoring this. Why not? Because we can. So, you know, we have our bar in Scottsdale. We're doing this uh, podcast out of there as well. So you can come down and watch them when we do this. Uh, and on this episode, we have the brewmaster Ryan and Erica, the brand ambassador from Harlan Brewery in San Diego, California. It was really fun talking to them. They brought some really cool beers onto the show. Uh, we got to try a lot of things we haven't been able to do. And then afterwards, we kind of did like a little tap takeover for them so that everybody could uh, check them out. Uh, so if you're around the area and you're looking to try some Harlan beers, uh, come on in. Otherwise, check them out in San Diego. Thanks, guys. Hope you enjoy the show. All right, and the first way to start this one is with a broken mic stand. Excellent. <laughs> All right, so. So how often do you break shit at the brewery? Uh, quite often. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, how many things break at the brewery? Between this point, everything's at least stainless steel, so if it breaks, you're really screwed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, we just broke a racking arm in the brewery. We had a, because we've been buying, as we expand, we bought some used tanks, uh, but some of the ones from the 90s are not made like they are now so we broke a little racking arm see those are a little it was squirting out beer so well that's how to wait to get that welded back together i was gonna say we was it at the welding point yeah it was broke? a weld yeah Dude, i think it was just sucks. so old it was like a tank from the 90s that we bought from another brewery so i was looking at getting a bright tank so because i do sparkling wine for oh. our place and i usually force carbonate it into the bottle itself by you know kind of basically doing a counter pressure system put yeah. in a keg force carbonating it and then going from there Saw this bright tank and it was like 1967, yeah. you know, one of the original brews. I was like, there's no fucking way that thing's so good. There's going to be a seal somewhere that's broken, oh, yeah. but who knows? They also could have been perfectly made back then and everything sucks now. I mean, the hardest thing is when you're looking for uh, replacement gaskets. They, you know, they don't make them anymore. We got these like JV Northwest tanks from the 90s from uh, Rock Bottom actually out here in Phoenix. Um, but they, JV West Northwest is no longer a company. So trying like, to even, trying yeah. to figure out the glycol system and like the temperature stuff on there, we, are, we had an electrician come out and they were just like, I, I don't know. I reached out to them. They got bought out by another company. They pretty much were like, I don't know. We don't know. So he had to just jimmy rig it and figure it out. But it works. Yeah. So. All right. So as usual, we'd never introduce anybody in the beginning. <laughs> so today we have guests from Harlan Brewery on. Uh, we have Erica and Ryan. Ryan, you're the head brewer? Head brewer, yeah. Correct. Awesome, that's really cool. And Erica, you're the brand ambassador. Mm-hmm. She's nodding. She'll get the mic later, but yeah, <laughs> yeah that's fine. So what are we starting with? Uh, so I feel like we, we a good one, we brought Wallaby. So it's a Pilsner hopped with Ella, um, kind of rotating through like all Southern Hemisphere hops for this uh, lager. So Sweet. Uh, basically a really simple dry hop lager. I just, one of my favorite things on podcasts to do, though, is I like to open the can. Like, Love right, it. By, right by the mic. Yeah. Excellent. No, yeah, it's uh, it's been it's been getting hotter and hotter. I swear. I mean, this is actually not bad for a summer. Last it was last year, April was in the hundreds immediately, and so now the fact that we haven't really hit any hundreds, it's kind of nice. And now, for the most part, you know, all of our taps are drifting in towards getting lighter beers. So you see the hazy sessions come out a little bit more. Our pilsners, kolsches, lagers are doing more. Your guys' Japanese lager has been insanely popular. Here, take that one, Damien. Dude, by the way, these cracks on this table is terrible. I spilled the stout on it from Toppling Goliath, and now I have a permanent stain right over here. It's just character. It's character. That'll happen. I can't wait to see what it looks like in another year or two. <laughs> it's going to be really. We've always, we've, we've really be... only sp- spilled wine on it so far. Yeah, it's true. And the red really kind of only stained right here. But oh well. Wait, that's mine. Thank you. All right. Well, hey, cheers, guys. Cheers. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for coming out. Thanks for having us. So yeah, 5% ABV. That's nice. 
So when it comes to hops, there are so many hops out there. Do you just like spin a wheel and just decide sometimes you're, what you're going to use or what? Uh, so for this, like we had purchased some Ella. So we have contracts for our hops. Um, but then we also do some spot buying where we just kind of like some interesting hops we see. We don't, we don't want to commit to like thousands of pounds. We'll just kind of buy a box or something. Um, so Ella's been around for a little bit. We bought a box, though. I was planning on using it for an IPA. Um, and then we kind of did a rub on it, smelt the hop a little bit, and it was a little bit more on that like grassy, earthy, a little bit spicy kind of undertone stuff. So uh, we were like, I think this would be great in a lager. Um, so we ended up brewing a super simple lager. It's just Pilsner base. Um, I believe that's it. It's kind of like a smash beer kind of thing. So it's just Pilsner base and then uh, hopped with Ella in the Whirlpool and then another little dry hop uh, after fermentation. So, right, so excuse my ignorance, but what's a smash beer? Oh, sorry. <laughs> so, you're also talking to two wine dudes that just like to drink a lot of good beers. Okay, so. Yeah. so like homebrewers would know this. So smash beer is a single malt, single hop. Okay. So uh, they call it's kind of like a base for where you want to go. Yeah. So like if you're gonna first get into home brewing, like when I first got into home brewing, it's kind of an easy way to figure out what ingredients do and what they taste like. So you can you know kind of mess around with different base malts and then different hops, and it's like it's not too complex where you can kind of see what works, and it's you're, there's nothing hiding, right? You get like full like every aspect of what the hop is, and then every aspect of what the malt is. There's no other you know nothing else in there like complicating it really too much. So okay, yeah, that's really cool. That's like a good base way. It's funny. So for like winemaking, I'll take some of our more or less basic cab grapes or pinot grapes and use it within like certain like carboys, you know, like the six gallon ones or three gallons one. And we drop French uh, or American staves or chips into it to yep. get an idea of what maybe those brand of barrels can do. Gotcha. Yeah. And then go from there. Instead of committing to putting to an just put it into barrel. a barrel. Yeah. Because yeah, barrels, you know, as you know, will shift. Yep. Uh, obviously for you guys, whether you use bourbon or yeah. scotch or whiskey or something for us, it's like a brand new one. And I could have the same forest, but sometimes it doesn't taste the same. Yeah. But it'll give you a general idea of where it is. Yeah. And they work faster too, right? Uh, or no. Not sort so, of. So sort if of? you leave it in, if you do a brand new barrel and drop your wine into it, it's going to taste like wood. It yeah. takes a long time to finally pull out the actual flavors you want, whether it's like baking spices or vanilla or things. Because right out of the gate, like I'll drink it and be like, oh, it, it tastes like I'm drinking a tree. Okay. Yeah. So like when you were talking about smashing the hops together, how yeah. does, because I was kind of like relating this to certain grapes, I, I can... I get my grapes from contracts and I buy it for when you guys get your contracts on hops and stuff. How do you know it's good? Do you go, oh, that farm's good or these are the ones we want? Yeah, so a little bit of both. Um, for a lot of the American hops, um, there's a few different suppliers you can go through. Um, but basically what happens is you have a contract. So you contract a certain amount of pounds um, and then they give you, they'll give you samples um, whole leaf hops, though, so not pellets, because um, okay. they pelletize a lot of the hops for the brewing issue. So most of what you get in beer is pelletized hops. But um, when you're in a hop selection, you get these cuts, and they're from different lots, because it's it's pretty interesting how much they can vary from lot to lot. So just yeah. like grapes, wind, wind damage, um, the amount of like sunlight they got, the amount of water they got. Okay. Um, it could be disease that could have happened within the field. So you know, then you get into maybe you know how just basically overall appearance and aroma. Um, and then you rub them, and then what we do is we select the, you know, they say, okay, here's eight lots, and three of these will fulfill your contract. So you select the top three that you want. Um, and it goes into quality, but then also sometimes just what you're looking for out of those hops. So, um, you know, like what I look for in Nelson or Chinook or Simcoe, another brewery could be looking for, you know, a different attribute from that hop. Um, cause they do vary. You can get like Chinook, for instance, you can get on that really piney, uh, like pine tree sap side, or you can get on this like kind of sweeter tropical side. So, and I'm guessing that's dependent on where it's grown, like uh, how it's it, grown. It's honestly just, yeah, farms. And then even just where it is in that field. That's um, crazy. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. And then, 
So like, yeah, like for us, I like Chinook for more of the like brighter, sweeter characteristics, not so much the pine. So we have India Palewell has Chinook, Simcoe, Mosaic, Cryo in it. And so we kind of use it to highlight um, the mosaic a little bit more. So we go for this like sweeter, brighter uh, Chinook than where some brewers might brew a little bit more old school style West Coast IPA where they're looking for that big pine bite and they're going to select the opposite of what I'm selecting, you know? So it's, it's just up to you as, you know, what you're looking for out okay. of a hop. That's crazy. I wouldn't think that hops would have been the same as grapes. Like if you go into Napa mm -hmm. and you're getting Cabernet, it's different, obviously, from plot to plot to plot. Then mm -hmm. once you start hitting the side of the mountain, if it's getting east sunlight, yep. west sunlight, the more it goes up the mountain, the more tannic it gets. So, I'd, yeah. you know, Damien and I have been sitting here going through all the beers and it's cool once we could slowly start to learn. Like, uh, I don't remember who it was that came in, but they, they he literally took a sip of this double dry hop. He goes, oh, I don't like it anymore. It's starting to go garlicky on me. That's clearly a, and I don't know what grape it was, like Chinook or Simcoe making that up. And I was like, what? And so, of course, now I taste it. I'm like, oh, shit. I can like yeah. kind of taste He's like, yeah, Power that hop's kind of right, falling apart. Yeah, it's yeah. Justin. He tastes onion powder. Uh, yeah, 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 onion powder. Or garlic powder. And he just knows. And he's like, oh, look, it's been it's in that date six weeks. He's oh. like, it turned into onion powder. I've yeah. had people ruin beers for me that way. Like, I love them. And they go, do you get this? And I go, oh, now that's all I taste. Yeah, like, yeah. That, it happens all the time. Like, we have, uh, there's a one, it's, it's a one forced area in Minnesota. It's only in Minnesota. It's an oak forest. And everything tastes like bacon. No matter what <laughs> wine you put into it, tastes like bacon. Bacon grease too. You can't get past it, no matter what. So San Diego isn't a, like a hop agriculture area, but people do grow hops just because of all the breweries in San Diego, and it's really interesting. But they all, no matter what varietal, I don't know what it is, but the terroir of like San Diego is watermelon. Every really? hop tastes like watermelon. Crazy. Yeah. Interesting. And, and I don't know if it was just one year because I haven't had many recently, but there was one year where I had a, a ton of these different like fresh hop San Diego grown uh, beers and they all tasted like watermelon. So what do you do? Because hop season's one time a year, right? Yeah. With the exception of obviously if you're getting Australia, you get it halfway through the yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. So let's say you get, I don't know, 5,000 pounds of some hop in. Yeah. Then what do you do the rest of the year? Do you just do store those hops in a freezer yeah. or like? Yeah, so they're nitrogen sealed uh, bags. Um, so there's no oxygen there. So they stay fairly fresh. And then we also keep them in the cold box. How to big kinda, are the bags? Uh, they vary either 11 pounds. So you either get 44 pound boxes and they're either four 11 pound bags or sometimes you get two 22 pound bags. So what they've noticed is they kind of. Yeah, they started with 44 pound bags and then basically they found that the stability of the hop is better in these smaller bags. So now okay. I think for the most part, everyone does them in four 11-pound increment bags in a 44-pound box for cool. each hop. So, Do you have like a favorite hop that you like working with that's kind of like the, I love the one that sings to you? I love Nelson. So we do a single hop Nelson Nelson IPA, and uh, that's when we have a great relationship with Freestyle out in New Zealand. So they're actually a newer um, – they bought a farm recently, and they kind of just like – set New Zealand on fire as far as like the quality of hops that are coming out of their farms are out of control. Is Nelson a New Zealand hop? Yeah, so that's a New okay. Zealand hop. And actually going into terroir, it's pretty interesting because uh, the Freestyle, the same company that we got our Nelson from, they have Cascade, which is an American-grown hop. All they did was just take these rhizomes and they planted them in New Zealand. And it's drastically different than the Cascade that we get out here. And we love it. So it's super tropical. Um, you get more of that grapefruit, um, kind of like West Coasty kind of vibes out of it. And from California, or sorry, not California, but from the Pacific Northwest yeah. out here in, in the United States. But in New Zealand, it's straight just tropical, like, deliciousness. So. You ever grab, like, a bunch, throw it in the tank or boil or whatever, and went, oh, shit, that was the wrong one. And now you have a new beer you have to work with? Haven't done that yet. Made other mistakes. Not that one yet. <laughs> not though. that one? Yeah, no. What kind of mistakes? Uh, <laughs> he fell, fell in a tank and didn't tell anybody. Yeah, yeah. Well, another couple beers, we'll get into the shenanigans. Yeah, the <laughs> yeah the because at least the mistakes in one, it's like, oh, look, I invented a blend. Now I just have to invent a story. Like, yeah. we did that. We invented a story for our winery. We had the Bellarosa where I accidentally blended Rondinelle and Corvina grapes together. I didn't mean to. 
And I made up some lie about like, oh yeah, you know, we were using like donkeys to transport the grapes and they mixed them up and we didn't know. And there's like half truth into it. It was mostly just the pickers had no idea what they were. Yeah. <laughs> but now I'm like, all right, cool. Now it's one of our staple like wines. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like the stories I've heard within the industry tend to be good mistakes as far as like people just dry hopping something wrong or blending. Like, so it's because like, they got rid of the bad mistakes. Yeah, probably. Probably, or probably. Or they just call it something else. I or mean, they call you in the middle of the night and tell us our cans are exploding and you need to come down the brewery and start grabbing some. Yep. <laughs> or, we'll or tell they, you that one later. They had some beer at the local brewery by my house that the beer went totally funky on them, and they just called it like the funky something or other, and just told everybody like, yeah, it can go good funk sometimes, yeah. right? So like, even though it's like a you know, I guess quote unquote spoiled batch, but it's not really you know, there's nothing that you're gonna get in beer that's gonna hurt you. That's um, had to be how sour started. Yeah, like, like Brett, anything with Britannomyces in it. Yeah. I, I feel like you know, it's like something that maybe they didn't. They didn't properly treat, uh, you know, some kind of fruit, and then next thing you're like, "Oh, this tastes pretty good." Yeah, actually, <laughs> sitting there all looking at each other, pretending not to say that yeah. this sucks, and like, "No, it's good. This is yeah. what it's supposed to taste like." Yeah, all right, cool. Call it a sour. Well, because I know it's in wine, right? Brett is like just like the, it's usually game over. for Yeah, your game over, right? It, there, it's a flaw. Game over, it's a, man. It's a flaw with an asterisk, it, like in, okay. in most books. Like yeah. some people like Brett, but some people hate Brett. It's just yeah. a weird thing in the wine world. I love funk when I like sour, so I feel like as I also drink a lot of wine, but I was like, I'd be interested to see what you know a real Really like bad or not bad, but like you know, a really Brett infected wine. We've got wine. one wine that's real bready. Like okay. I always, I call it the Italian flavor, yeah. which means Brett got into it, and it can be floral in some way if it's light, like yeah. really light. It's not bad. It's basically horse fart and wine. And oh yeah, 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 Brett and wine takes on petting zoo. Okay, it's, that, yeah. that's that's the it, common it flavor. Up, yeah, <laughs> but if it's bad, it's you can't drink it. It's I love completely it. undrinkable. Versus, yeah, you and your sours, man. I so, mean, I would think like a white wine that Brett got into it and then dried it out completely and maybe it's sparkling. That sounds like pretty delicious to me. But it won't eat sugar though, will it? Brett yeah. won't. Oh, yeah, it'll consume anything. It'll really? Yeah, it actually could re start consuming alcohol and make even more alcohol and get even funkier. Yeah. yeah, I didn't even yeah, know no, that. It'll bring your beer, it'll bring anything down to zero. There'll be absolutely no sugar in it. Oh, at that's all. really cool. Yeah, yeah. That's something I never. We, uh, we had one barrel one time come in starting Brett and we immediately sealed it and threw it out. Like, <laughs> We could not have it in the winery at all. Yeah, oh, if it yeah. gets in the winery, it's like you're done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That that in TCA. I mean, wineries say don't dump it even down the drain. Like yeah. they dump yeah. it out in, outside. Yeah, yeah. Well, I remember there's stories of like even Vinny at Russian River, um, like where like he was trying to go source wine barrels, and like I know I've heard stories of like wineries not even allowing him in the building because they because he was dealing oh. with Brett and yeah, all these like sour stuff. Completely clean off. Yeah, and... yeah. They're like, no, no, no. You stay out yeah. here. We'll bring it out. We'll to bring you. it outside. I, yeah. I've yeah. been I've been to wineries in Oregon where they made me put on like full-size legging boots just to walk the vineyards because they didn't want whatever was on my feet to be tracked into the vineyards. That's that's a very Oregon thing, that sounds like. Phylloxera. Oh, that makes sense. That's yeah. the reason for that They're one. They probably also had goats running through their vineyards, too. I'm sure. I have this thing about goats in Oregon because the first time I ever <laughs> went there, I the, literally, the second I got off the plane, got to the airport, somebody walked past me with a goat on a leash, and he's like, this is my pet. And I was like, yeah, that seems about right in this state. <laughs> this is my pet. This is my pet. Yeah. He thought he'd let you know. Yeah. So when it comes to like building out beer for the most part um our state sucks when it comes to water it's the hands down most awful water on the planet but like somebody was telling me earlier that they actually like it because there's so much junk in the water like there's mm -hmm. so many parts per million that's good i'm obviously that's the most important part of the beer mm -hmm. so like what do you use do you use san diego water or do you have like your own treatment system yeah so the interesting part for san diego is actually our water is extremely hard um so i think that's why the west coast ipas were as successful from san diego as they were 
because um, for an IPA of that a style like that, uh, you want really hard water. Really? Um, yeah, kind of like like IPAs like hard water. So it kind of like accentuates the bitterness in the beer and just kind of like makes it a little bit crisper, drier like approach to it. Um, actually, the hardest part has been now that the hazy IPAs have come into play. Um, our water is not made for that. So that's why you find them in like New England, right? They have like softer water. So their hazy IPAs are, you know, amazing. Yeah. Um, and San Diego is having to adjust and learn how to soften their water. Um, so we just have carbon filtered water at the brewery. Some breweries have RO water, so they just pull everything out of it and then they build their own. Rebuild it they back. rebuild it back. Um, we don't do that because we do enjoy our water. Um, like for instance, even these loggers. Um, sometimes I'll soften it a little bit for the most part. It's just San Diego water, just carbon filtered. So we pull all the all the crap out of it, but it still has a lot of minerality within the water, okay. you know? So, yeah. Um, for our hazy IPAs, we add calcium chloride and kind of soften the water profile that way, um, which I think a lot of breweries in San Diego are doing. Uh, even not even just San Diego, but just anywhere that has harder water. Yeah, um, we like we actually distill our water for the winery just for the steam treatment of barrels because okay. all that film will get yeah. left in the barrel and then it can't pull some of the flavors out. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's the more we do these shows and have people like yourselves on, the more like we're learning about how honestly like hand in hand the beer and wine industry run except for yeah. like certain areas that have nothing in common with yeah. each other yeah 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 in this case water is one of them <laughs> yeah well i mean I, I would say the the like so i love wine actually it's like a little bit more rom- romantic as far as like you know it varies year to year and you can maybe never re- like you can't really beer yeah. you can dial in a recipe and you can re- you can recreate it over and over and over and over and over again and not have very much variances within that um, wine, not so much. So, yeah, you, you get, get one, one chance once a year to make wine. Exactly. Like if you fu- if you fuck up a batch of beer, you could dump it down the drain yeah. and start again. Yeah. If you mess around with a one of your vintages, yeah. you're done for a year. Yeah. Or even you know, let's say you have a vintage that's just you're like blown away by it. You may not be able to make that again, or at least not for yeah, a, you gotta a while. Hope and pray that something like that happens again. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why you see so much experimental stuff with beer. But never with wine. Like, oh yeah. Rarely does someone try and do something outside the box because that's your whole vintage. That's your family's like livelihood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, especially with like certain grapes. There's a lot of people down in Arizona now. They're planting a lot of grapes out there, and it's getting better and better. We have a lot of people coming from California, from Washington, from Oregon. They're all going down south into the Sonora region and planting. And they're, it's it's as experimental as it gets because mm-hmm. they don't know what works down there. Yeah, they have yeah. an idea. Here's the temperature. Here's the soil, but we'll see. Yeah. And you're slowly starting to see some of the best grapes down there are nothing anybody else is using, you know, in California. Not yeah. saying they're not using it, but, you know, California, Chardonnay, Pinot, Cab, and yeah. then whatever else. So for us, it's like Malbec, Syrah, Movedra. Montepulciano is actually turning out to be halfway decent down there. Sangiovese is really good if you like rosé Sangiovese. Okay. As a grape itself, it's really thin. So yeah, the experiment is whoever's there first has to plant first, yeah. and then once you're solidified, like that's it. Yeah, nobody's yeah. gonna do anything else till something changes. Yeah, and, yeah. But yeah, every time a new brewery comes in, it's like, hey, we've got this brand new single hop thing, or we did this crazy ass stout with a bunch of stuff in it, or the sours, all those smoothie sours. So how long have you been brewing for Harlan? Uh, so since we've started, so uh, we've been out for about two years now. So I, I came on. So you're the right. you're the initial inaugural brewer for them. Yeah. So me and uh, myself and uh, Nick Marin, who's our director of brewing operations. So uh, he's he's uh, we basically we work together at St. Archer. I was at Pure Project for a little while in between St. Archer and coming to Harlan. Um, but yeah, we work really well together. And uh, he came. We started. We did the first brew on our big system Sweet. Uh, in 2019. So yeah, that's good. So, so you guys have only been around for two years. Yeah, yeah. Oh, shit, I didn't that's realize that. Big place too. It was really cool when we were down there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was down there. Yeah. So like this was almost meant to be the relationship between Harlan and Rift right now, because <laughs> uh, it was about three or four months ago somebody months ago? stopped in here and that had worked at the brewery. Uh, Daniel. Daniel. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he told us all about it. I'd never heard of him at all. Okay. He was here for a couple days, and before he left town, he stopped in and gave us a four-pack of Harlan beer. Okay. As a, just a gift, because we were talking to him for a while. Literally, 36 hours later, our buddy Kyle stops in and goes, I just got back from San Diego. I got a four-pack of these, my favorite beers I had out there. Hands us a four-pack of Harlan. That's four, awesome. The four that's different so ones that Daniel didn't have. So oh, that's we funny. had never had your beer before, and within 36 hours, we were gifted two four-packs. That's hilarious. That's which hilarious. is just crazy the way that works. That's awesome, though. You know, so I was like, all right, this is meant to be. And that's when he kind of reached out to you guys and was like, hey. I, I feel like it solidifies it, too, because you have like a, a, you know, a guy you don't know who brings you a four pack. But then you have someone, a friend, right? And then they bring one out and you're like, I mean, something's that's, you know. That's well, it's crazy, too. So, like, I pay a lot of attention to all of our liquor laws in the state. And I saw you guys popped up with a 2M, which is our which allows me to go directly to you and start buying. Uh -huh. It's half the reason I flew out that. And I don't know if you know Thaddeus from Pizza Port. Uh, I don't know. Right, so he's he's the brand ambassador right here for them. Okay. And uh, I was like, well, I'll stop by and you know go check Pete's Port while I'm out there. Yeah. So drove over to Harlan to speak to you and Anthony about it. Be like, hey, listen, I can just pay now. I'll load up a truck of like whatever I can to bring it out. And then we're like, well, yeah. That's how excited we were. Yeah, yeah I really wanted it because we you know there's not a lot of bottle shops in the state. You know, yeah. this is starting. This whole beer craze is starting for the first time out here. I yeah. mean, we're what like four years deep into decent breweries even for the most part yeah i mean obviously ren house getting gold was huge for the state but yeah so i was like cool let's go out i'll see if they'll sell me some stuff and i'll bring it back and then anthony's like oh by the way starting a distribution company out there yeah oh cool so i think that's what's helped with our growth for the, the most um you know so we're a distributor and we're also a brewery but you know you kind of go into like you get those breweries that are self-distroing and then you kind of realize like you know well why would we not just not only distro ourselves, but then create a distribution company where we can pick up other brands. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it, plus two, you know, you already have your one in California, obviously. Yeah. And then having one out here is great because honestly, yeah. there's not a ton of really good craft beer, I guess, not brewers, but distribution. You know, we have yeah. the big brands and they're moving all the big guys across the country and through here. So when yeah. they're like, oh, hey, yeah, we have a craft brewer. It's the new Coronado. You're like, cool. I like Coronado. It's nostalgia for me. Yeah. But like we want really, really craft stuff yeah. like what the hell am I drinking stuff. It's yeah. things like the ones you guys do and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. And that, I think that's the whole goal for the distributor is just be this craft distributor. Like as far as like, you know, there's obviously craft distributors, but to be really small, you know, small bringing toppling and... in obviously. And then, uh, I mean, obviously we do some crazy stuff. Um, picking up Ren House here locally was huge for me. I, I imagine they're going to Cali too at some point. I hope so. I was gonna say I keep asking them when we were there. How I was many like, times do we need to stop in and talk to you? Yeah, like I think that was everyone's first thing. Everyone in well, San Diego, you know, then they bought their new, uh, new huge yeah. production yeah. facility. So it's probably gonna happen. Yeah, at some point. Yeah. yeah. I remember right when Scout uh, Phoenix was having Instagram and they announced that they picked up Ren House, and then people in San Diego still follow that account too. And everyone was like, "So Ren House is coming here too?" And they're like, "Not yet, yeah, hopefully." Yeah. But you know, As I asked the same thing about the distribution team from Scott. Like, "Hey, I see you guys have this, this, and this." And they're like, "Yeah, it's not going to be there yet." Yeah. Like maybe between now and eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you uh, What do you want to open next? So, let's see. Yeah, what else you got in that fancy bag of yours? That's a fancy bag. What you got in oh, yeah, that bag? So did you check? Did you check that bag on the plane? Yeah. So it's a Yeti bag, but it's like, especially for. I mean, we're in Arizona. It's so hot. Yeah. Dude, shout, out, shout out to Yeti. It like moves half of Arizona's products throughout well, summertime. Nick and I did a trip up to Sacramento, and we were like, "All right, do we splurge on the Yeti? Let's wait and get." We got some like igloo, fifty dollar or whatever, and that and it got the beer up there. It was okay. Didn't really like. There was no zipper. You kind of to like latch it, and we're like, okay. And then I took it home with me at one point i was like let me bring some beer back to new york 
and I got to the airport and it was open and there were three cans in it and it was in a plastic bag. And <laughs> I was like, okay, this is not a good cooler. So luckily it wasn't anything too important. But um, yeah, so we decided that this would be good. Oh, very I, cool. I, I checked three boxes full of wine coming back from Vegas one time. And usually they make it. I've done it multiple yeah. times because they were all. Some airlines you can get the fragile sticker. Some yeah, and they don't always pay attention either. Yeah. yeah. So it was funny is that uh, I'm down there waiting in baggage claim. And the first one comes out, no problem. The second one comes out, no problem. And then no third one. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh no, where is it? I'm getting all nervous. Maybe someone stole it. I mean, it's a case of high end wine. Yeah. All the luggage goes through the whole thing. Nothing. I'm like, oh man. And start walking over towards the baggage claim. And all of a sudden, I see a guy like in a cart, like sprinting with my box and wine just pouring out of the bottom <laughs> of it, just leaving oh. a trail oh, up to baggage God. claim. That's nice. I'm like, that's my wine. <laughs> oh man. I'm like, is it gonna come out and just be soaking wet and like, yeah? I mean, I've definitely had. It's funny, yeah, because every like people used to just roll a bottle or something and be like, yeah, this like one T-shirt and sock that I put over it will be just fine for my luggage. And then you get there and you could just see it's a different color. Like, oh no, I've never had a wine break. I've had a beer explode one time in a bag. I put mine in trash bags in my suitcase. Just you never know. I haven't had any explode, but I always bring trash bags when I travel because I tend to bring beer back from wherever I went. And I always roll them up, and then I put them in a trash bag. So if it does explode, at least my clothes are okay. I've done that with olive oil because I've heard nightmare stories of people coming back from Italy and oh, having olive and oil bottles explode, oh, and, and then, then all your everything you're just gone. throwing it away at that point. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There was um, I can't remember one of the guys that comes in. He's got a, a wheelie case. It's probably Cal or something, and it's got individual cans and bottle slots. So you put your cans into it, and it like it, okay. it's got that Velcro top, and so you can get probably like I don't know a case into this thing, maybe more. They make suitcases. A friend of ours linked up with this one company and they're like for bringing wine more like for bottles okay like, but they have like the whale pod shippers too with the cans and yeah they're making a really there is somebody <laughs> some, somewhere inventing just the best ways to bring things in and i mean because <laughs> yeah. at this point in time with the way beer is shifting and everybody wants to try something new i mean i i love it i mean we come from like coming from wine we'd always be like okay what bottle are you bring i'll bring in this or right, you bring this you bring that i'll bring that and then we all share yeah so you know you splurge on a big bottle that you spend yeah. with all your friends yep. and six seven people are drinking the same thing i yep. never saw that with beer until we opened the shop yeah i mean he would buy some from one of the shops around him be like hey try this so we'd split a half glass and now i have how many regulars do we have come in they'll sit across from each other at the bar and there'll be eight beers open, and every person got a sip of each yeah. one. Yeah. Nobody drinks the whole thing. Yeah, no. It's really cool to see that happen. You want to try them all, right? Yeah. So, so speaking of this, this guy, we were actually kind of bummed this guy didn't make Arizona. Yeah, I know. We were So apparently uh, some of these fruits are not TTB approved, so you got to get a whole uh, recipe formula so, thing for them. So is it mangosteen because it's so less known? Yeah, it's. I think it was the mulberry and the mangosteen, actually. What um, is a mangosteen? So like I've never actually had a real mango scene. I've but I've looked up pictures of it when we, so we I have like all these crazy fruit suppliers and uh, this one specifically has an amazing list of fruits but some of you have never even heard of. Yeah. Uh, but they send you samples and you can try them. But it actually tasted like a strawberry banana smoothie, <laughs> which is weird. Like just the puree itself tasted like a strawberry banana smoothie. Okay. Um, but if you look up, I could look it up on my phone. But mango seeds like this kind of comes in like a little like nut. I don't. I actually don't really know exactly what it is. Yeah. Like, what well, we had I, one recently. It I, was like a plum and cranberry. Th- not. I don't remember what it was. But it was one of those things where we looked it up. It was like a yeah. blend of an apricot and a plum. Okay. Like, like a pluot. Yeah. Oh, like stupid. a pluot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, I don't think I've ever. That's a mango seed. What? Yeah, they're crazy looking. There was. I think Jones's soda makes a mangosteen soda okay, that yeah. I've had from them. But yeah, that's weird. 
for you so, guys whatever. being wine drinkers, we just recently did a collab with uh, McKellar. Yeah. So um, so when we saw that this was possibly available, we yeah. at first we were like seltzer, fuck that, <laughs> don't want it. Oh. And and then I then I saw your guys' post and I read what was in it, and then I wanted that so bad. Yeah. <laughs> I so like, I mean, the McKellar guys actually came to me and they're like, we're gonna let's brew because we were already talking about collabing, and they're like, let's make a seltzer, and I was like, no. <laughs> and uh, oh, I pick I pick on sales reps because sales reps like beer sales reps, they're beer geeks. They love beer. They come yeah. to me and they're like. Start talking about seltzer. I'm like, are you enjoying yourself right now? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you get How's... this beard business to sell seltzer? <laughs> then they were like, how about a different seltzer? So we have a f- oak fooder, so American oak fooder um, that we use. A lot of people use them for sour beers. We use it for clean yeah. beers. We put our lagers in there. Um, double done a couple like kettle sour. We did a grisette uh, in there, um, but that we ended up deciding to do a seltzer based fermented in American oak, which was our fooder. Um, it went through a primary fermentation with just the sugar. Um, and then we let that dry out to, I think it actually dropped below, like there was absolutely no sugar in it, completely dried out. Um, and then we introduced mulberry, mango, mangosteen, and red pomelo purees into it, and it kicked the yeast back up, started re-fermenting again, so in a secondary, and consumed all, we let that consume all that sugar out, because it is a seltzer, so it shouldn't be sweet by any means. Um, but it's like unfiltered, and it has all the fruit, so it is colored, and then we fermented it with red wine yeast. So between the American oak and the yeast, it's... Uh, yeah, it's very like wine spritzery at a, a kind of. So, like... how much did you have to drink before you came up with this recipe? I was just thinking, how <laughs> drunk were you when you made this? Like, uh, I honest, that honestly, Dan, one of the brewers at McKellar SD, his, uh, when we get together, we just are. It, it, and McKellar does some really crazy outside the box stuff. They're kind of almost exactly. known for that in a way. Exactly. But I love, like I said, I, I love wine. I love, I think I was talking to you, like the fieldwork cans that you guys have in there. Uh-huh. Or yeah. sorry, field recording cans that you guys have in there. They're like new age wine spritzers. Um, this got me really excited. I want to start experimenting with more things like this, but with wine grapes. So, actually, that's really clean. And you guys sold out of this at the brewery like almost instantly, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. And it's also eight percent, so it's not like your normal seltzer. It's gonna be lower in ABV. Four or five. No, that's four or five. Um, that was the one thing that took me a long time to learn was how yeast affects certain grapes yep. and what it will do. Because I've had like great batches of Pinot Noir, but I mean, for us, I don't know if you, I'm assuming you guys pitch your own yeast and everything. Yeah. For us, we just let it go. You know, yeah. like whatever comes in from the vineyards, let it go. But sometimes you get when you're like, that is awful. Whatever got yeah. blown in the wind that day is some terrible stuff. Yeah, so you yeah. got to get something else rocking and rolling first. Yeah. Do you use like, do you have your own strains or do you just kind of use like. So this whatever? one was, I just had no experience really with seltzer. So I didn't really know where to begin. A lot of people use distiller's yeast. We were looking for something a little bit more complex. Um, Dan at McKellar had, they had done a few seltzers actually, and they had used this yeast before. Um I forget what it has in it, but basically it's a non-sulfur producing yeast. So there's absolutely no sulfur in there at all like, during fermentation, which was a huge plus for me because I don't want to... One thing in beer, if you do get sulfur production, you can kind of scrub it where you kind of blast the O2 to the bottom and open up one of the arms and just let it just kind of degas and eventually you'll blow out all that sulfur. Um, but this was like a really clean fermentation. Um, it was slow uh, as far as fermentations go for us. I just assume sugar water is going to ferment out like a crazy easy and it, it didn't. Uh, there's like a nutrient schedule that we had to follow. Um, for it. So it was like a three-day nutrients that we kind of dosed in these uh, yeast nutrients into it. Um, I think it ended up taking the initial fermentation was like almost two weeks or two weeks, which is a long time for t- in for, my, yeah. for just sugar water. Um, <laughs> and then, but then the fruit kind of kicked it back up and I think that only took a couple days. Um, but we were pretty happy with how it came out and I think for us, it kind of opened up this new realm of like, I was like, I don't want to make a seltzer. And now I'm kind of like, I want to do like these like spri- like wine spritzer theme where it's like maybe like 49% like Sauvignon Blanc grape juice and the rest of it is a seltzer base and then doing something like that, like co-fermentation. So can you in your state 
do that because in Arizona, it's not legal for us to blend beer and wine together. So as long as they are, it's not wine. As long as it's juice, juice. that I'm fermenting with, uh, a, it has to be it can only be upwards of forty nine percent. So it has to be less than fifty percent, less than I half. Think that might be because that might be a Fed thing then. In that yeah, case. so it's less yeah. than half the percentage can be wine juice, and then the other half has to be okay. malt derived, which for us is dextrose, which is corn sugar. So it's considered malt derived. That's how we can legally make seltzers yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, basically, which also I'm saying this right now, but we also have, we're looking into seeing how legal this is. Make sure. But uh, I've done that a few times too. But my, in my head, I'm like, oh, I want to do this, you know, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. after trying something like this. So it'd be cool to do some, you know. Dude, cause I would love to do something with that. Cause there's some grapes out there that have some of the best floral characteristics ever. And they don't really impart flavor or body into it, but it makes something smell amazing. Like okay. Viognier and Malvasia on that yeah. level where it's just, you could the second you crack it, you can yeah. smell it kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah. Those, they, those are fun to mess around with. <laughs> and these have absolutely no residual sugar in it. So it's just like a normal a normal seltzer. So, you know, it's uh, gluten-free. It's uh, zero sugar. Um, there's some calories, obviously, because there's alcohol in there. And um, the fruit. A little yeah, bit. and the fruit. But other than that, yeah, it's still a seltzer-based. So. It's amazing the chemistry you have to deal with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's pretty insane. I mean, just That's learning cool. other yeast, because I've only worked with, obviously, beer yeast. So uh, in-house right now, we have a lager yeast for our Japanese lager. We have a hazy yeast from Imperial... Uh, um, up in uh, Portland, uh, so we use their juice yeast for our ha- uh, hazy IPA. That's like our house hazy yeast, and then we obviously use some Cal Ale for our uh, West Coast stuff. So, any plans for the future to make your own like strain or trying, or just nobody who's like, eh, whatever. This not is as of right now. Not until we have a lab at least built out. So right now yeah. we don't have like an appropriate lab built out. Um, so yeah, I just don't really have the the stuff okay. needed properly to properly do that. As far as like where we're comfortable with pitching some hybrid yeast that we've created, but. This yeah. is cool, man. This it's really beautiful color too. It's so different. I mean, we've once again all the beer guys have been trying to come and sell us seltzers, and we're like, stop yeah. the seltzers. Yeah, I think it's interesting too, just kind of coming as yeah. I mean, it's just I I didn't want to make a seltzer. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. But this ended up being awesome. It got me excited. No, it's a cool project. Plus, it's geeky. It's something different. Yeah. Like I said, as soon as I saw it, I was like, I don't want any part of that. Yeah. And then as soon as uh, I read the description and everything that was in it, I was like, I can't. I was telling everybody at the bar about it. I thought I was going to cry when I found out we weren't getting it. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> so well, I get to try. I, 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 I also promised the distributor here in town that I was, we were going to give you guys a hard time about not getting it. So. Oh, perfect. <laughs> that's what yeah. we do. Yeah. <laughs> Dennis has no idea. He's about to get thrown under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting at the bar, enjoying a drink. You know, just remember thinking life's good. He has no idea. So we're all sitting here we're just talk- talking about him behind it, his back, oh, literally. God, it, it, yeah, it, it wasn't his fault, but it's totally his fault. Yeah, <laughs> I felt so. That's bad. why I, I mean I felt bad. I was like, I got, no. So first thing I said is like, I got to go to these accounts, and I'm like, I don't know, man. I just make the beer. I don't make sure it gets where it needs to go. Don't talk to me. I, don't, I felt yeah. bad for a long time. I used to call him Enos when he would show. Up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, it's like Dennis, bro. Not like uh-huh. Dennis. <laughs> it's Dennis without the D. Not like penis. <laughs> so Sorry, how'd, how'd you uh, get into brewing all of a sudden? Like, how'd you end up? Going from probably a home brewer to yeah. all of a sudden running a great brewery. So funny, actually. Uh, my buddy got a job who wasn't a home brewer at a at Ballast Point, and he goes, "Hey, I got a job at Ballast Point." And I go, "What do you mean? You could just like show up and get a job at Ballast. You don't you don't know anything <laughs> about beer." And he goes, that "Sounds well, terrible he, for Ballast Point. Like, yeah, we just hire people." No, well, he goes, oh, "I'm just washing kegs, though. You know, it's just like an entry level position." Um, so that's kind of like my end. I just started applying to breweries and I ended up getting a job at Green Flash. So, okay. uh, Green Flash went from keg washing to, uh, packaging line to cellarman to assistant brewer. Um, and then ended up leaving after three years and went to St. Archer, 
Um, they were about a year old at that point and worked there and kind of worked there for another three years and worked my way up out of a shift brewing position into an R&D brewer. Um, and I was home brewing on the side even while I was brewing like professionally. And my biggest thing, you know, obviously working at Green Flash, where they kind of have like a core lineup and St. Archie had like a core lineup. My whole thing was experimental beers. Um, that's what all I did at home because it's like, you know, I could buy a good IPA at anywhere you know in san diego yeah. um so i'm trying to like mess around with some really weird stuff and kind of be a little bit more creative with it um and so that kind of that's what, how nick and i met and then yeah when i came on board and i went to pure project for a while which obviously they do some weird stuff um and that was awesome and then came to harlan and that's kind of how it happened was nick was like i kind of want someone we have a five barrel pilot system and so and with everything going on and he was like hey you know i love your creativity like i'd love to have you over here really cool. and do some weird stuff so yeah it's really nice the owners i mean literally they're like as long is it going to sell you know and i'm like i think so uh, you know but other than that i can pretty much do whatever i want so it's it's That's fun. Kind of fun th- and wine yeah. you could just sell the story like, yeah it could be garbage wine be like no it's tastes like this because a tractor exploded 20 years ago yeah and it left some residual stuff you could just make it oh cool yeah yeah, yeah. taste the metallic taste in it yeah yeah Whereas beer it you got to nail something otherwise yeah. like we i'm not gonna throw him up but him and i when we were opening this went through i don't know how many samples of beer and the amount that we would pour down the drain immediately you're just like oh yeah that was just not good yeah and, yeah it's funny because even this specifically, I think this specific seltzer, when I went to Anthony, I was like, okay, we're going to do a seltzer fermented in the fooder with red wine yeast, and we're going to add mulberry, pomelo, like red pomelo, like all this stuff, you know? And he goes, he probably thought you bumped your head or something. And he's just like, <laughs> I don't know what that's going to taste like. Do you think it's going to be good? I go, I think so. Anthony think- seems like I, the one time I met him and like through email, he seems like the person who just gets excited about it yeah. as long as it works. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, I, I think it'll be good. And yeah, I mean, luckily... <laughs> I think it's good. Yeah. No, I, no, I really enjoyed it. It's got it's actually got a good depth of flavor. One problem that we have being wine geeks is that fake flavors taste very fake to us. Yeah. Artificial, chemical. chemical. I would say there's a difference between grape flavor and the color purple. Yeah. Or yeah, the, yeah. the flavor purple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I in wine I could taste the flavor purple. It's that yeah. that scratch and sniff grape scent. Yeah, yeah. So if I taste a lot of seltzers, I get that unnatural like runt flavor because it's all uh, it's like artificial artificial. flavoring yeah Yeah. exactly that's how they keep them clear which is you know that's why ours is red yeah the the very first one the the very first one we tasted that actually tasted like fruit was the one we bought yeah because everything else was garbage yeah yeah oh yeah the belching beaver stuff yeah so that's actually the same yeast i believe or it was at one point from what i've heard i don't know yeah cool what do you want to do next uh have have you guys tried the do we have cobbler okay oh yeah 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 we keep going through a whole bunch of fun stuff I love it. Yeah, right. Bring uh, people uh, on. Have a. I say all these people listening are gonna be pissed because we're we're tasting all these cool beers they're not gonna be able to get. Oh, wait, actually. <laughs> well, here's do... a nice thing. So for everybody who wants to know, so Harlan's located in Miramar. It's at, just outside of Miramar, basically. Yes, over the 15. Pretty used to that. So it's close to all kind of. And we'll we'll get you on and yeah, just Sorry, just yeah. At some point, you can just right, yeah. pop <laughs> over or whatever because the mic's broke. It can't move towards her. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, Damien might be able to. Oh, there we go. Oh yeah, there you go. Um, but. You're t- talking you can, about we where can they are. Yeah, oh, like yeah, wherever okay, where yeah. you look. Um, so yeah, it's close to a lot of the other breweries on Miramar, but it's like over the freeway, so it's a little bit set back. Um, but we have two other locations, one in Del Mar, and there's a one Paseo development. So with other shops and restaurants, also um, some offices and apartment buildings. And then we just opened Bay Park, which is a little bit closer downtown. It's over by Mission Bay, and it's like a smaller space, but like the and These back... are tasting rooms. They're not like actual breweries. Yeah, yeah. so okay, cool. Scripps Ranches are only like production facility. But um, yeah, so Bay Park opened, and that's been fun because it's got a, like they all have such a different feel, so they all kind of 
fit each like little market and um yeah it's been fun but it's you know now with everything opening back up and guys are like all right we need beer on tap but oh we want to sell a bunch of cans and keep up with that demand so and now yeah. your production level is probably going through the roof at this point oh, with I've, just the marketing yeah. and new, your own tasting rooms then, i feel like too like, i get stuff to az yeah like, <laughs> i feel like everyone's felt the uh looking for like imp- people to work for you uh hurt right now after the pandemic so i think that's been the biggest struggle is just finding qualified people to be in the back with us um, that are willing to come back from unemployment and stimuluses. <laughs> that was a that was a big thing out here was uh, the amount of people we've talked to who they couldn't get people at all to work. Yeah, because hey, they were getting the the money and the the government yeah. stuff. But I think man, it must have been two weeks ago. The governor signed a thing out here saying we're no longer you're no longer getting anything. Yeah, and our I think hiring rate went up like sixty percent. Yeah, yeah, in like the week. So like obviously there's a rhyme and rhythm to it. Yep. You know, and. Mm-hmm. There's yeah, we million. have some we have some cool candidates right now though, so we're gonna bring some couple guys on or girls. I don't know. We, we have a couple different uh, options, but yeah, we're really excited to. Well, what, so going. I came out. All right, let's say it was two months ago, and when I was there, I mean, your production facility is huge, so you clearly yeah. have a lot of room to keep bringing in more tanks. And yeah, stuff like there's that. only really four guys on the floor back there. Yeah, so it's 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 a lot, but uh, yeah, we're making it work, and uh, yeah, I mean, we're, we're we're pretty happy with everything that's been coming out as far as like being able to still do the experimental stuff while still producing all the core beer that's that we really need. Cool. So yeah. 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 That, that's one thing I was going to ask you, you touched on it is are you guys just getting crushed now that you opened up a brand new market in Arizona that has really embraced your beers yeah. and California's finally reopening? Yeah, I mean I think the worst part the, well for us it's not it, we just feel bad but with Arizona with a lot of specialty stuff, you know, cuz we do these can releases but they're small batch. They're I mean we have I think we get we yield like 62 cases out of a batch and they sell out instantly like I think we sell out in like a minute or two for some of them. So it's just we like how you many, know How many gallons yeah. is that? Uh I don't know. Okay. 62 times, or so. Or like barrel, I guess like a tank I guess you do 10 times 31, so it's like three. Uh, well, barrel-wise, what are the tanks usually? 20 barrels? Oh, uh, no, these are 10-barrel tanks. Oh, shit, Yeah, okay. and then that's yielding 80% ideally out of it, so, okay. you know, like eight barrels. Um, so, yeah, it's not a lot of beer. That's so not. How hard would it be for us to come out there and do a collab with you guys? Oh, it wouldn't be horribly hard at all. I uh, see. I want to break. I've got the port barrels that I have that we could do like a. Oh, that'd be so, awesome. Yeah. So, so we've been doing. I would love to do something where we actually have some stouts in barrels right now, um, but finishing them in port barrels. Yeah. So like, I, I can make that happen. So I won best red in Arizona three years in a row, and I'm you know totally bragging about it. Right yeah. Now. <laughs> uh, so I do a chocolate distilled out port, and then so we, it's a chocolate port, and then oh, it sits man. in barrel for months and months and months. And that so sounds that, amazing. The state, you know, it only soaks so much up with wine. It's not like yeah. It's not like bourbon or. Things where it really pulls it through the skin. Yeah, yeah. It's wine. It gets, you know, half an inch in basically. Yeah. But, you know, on the dr- I'll drive it out and probably between now and that drive to San Diego, it'll leach out a gallon of port into the barrel before I make it to you. Crazy. Just from the temperature swing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we would love to throw something in the barrel. I'd definitely love to do that. Yeah. I've already we've actually already come up with a label for this because it's gonna be <laughs> it's it's Suvina wine, Rift, and then you guys, and it's okay if it's a three-way. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> We'll make that one happen soon. I'll, yeah, I'll yeah. tell you about that. No, that oh, yeah, amazing. so what, uh, what's this one? So we were going to do the Black Bear Collar, but then I forgot. I actually brought another, just because we were talking about fooder fermented stuff. Um, this is a really wild, another like crazy one, but we did it with our friends Open Gym. It's a new restaurant group uh, in San Diego, but Phil Esteban's the executive chef over there. <laughs> Um, open gym? Yeah, it's called open gym. Open gym is a food concept. Yep. Okay. Yeah, well, so re- like, wait, gym as in J I M or G Y M? G Y M. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, and uh, so. Uh, he's Filipino. He has a lot of cultural influences, though, within his cuisine. 
Um, anyways, he made hoshigaki, which I don't know if you guys know what hoshigaki is. Noticed. It's basically the persimmon. Jamie's the food guy. You take persimmons and you ha- you peel the skin off and you hang dry them and they kind of do this like uh, open ferment. Like it basically breaks down all the sugars and they become super sweet and it almost turns into like I call it like adult fruit lever, but it has <laughs> uh, leather, but it has uh, basically like wild bacteria but good bacteria uh, on it. So we kind of sanitize that with citric acid. Um, but basically, what it is is it's a pilsner that. This is going to be, it's a long explanation. But basically, <laughs> it's a collaboration also with Mecca Grade Mall out in Oregon. And they also are a regular farm. Um, they're a family-run farm, so we buy a lot of our malt from them. Um, he, he sent me down a, a, a whole bale of Kentucky bluegrass that he uh, had grown. And I basically layered the mash tun with Kentucky bluegrass, mashed in a Pilsner base over the Kentucky bluegrass to give it these like earthy undertones. And then we fermented it in the fooder. And then we treat it with uh, yuzu, which is a Japanese citrus, and hoshigaki, which is that uh, dried persimmon that I was talking to you about. So, so. like, literally grass. Yeah, like, literally Kentucky like, bluegrass. Can you translate that for me, whatever you just said? Yeah, it's complicated. <laughs> another one, another one where I... John, put that in the Google Translate, please. Another one where I went to Anthony, and I explained, and he's like, I don't know what that is. Is it going to be good? And I go... You know what the I nice thing so. is, though? Because you're doing so well with these, eventually you'll be like, hey, I've got something weird, and he's just going to be like, ah, oh, fine, yeah. whatever. Just I don't even want to hear it. it. Yeah. Just do it. Just do it. <laughs> so, okay, so... So basically, when you're when you're brewing a beer, you use these like stainless steel screens to basically separate the liquid from the grain. So what I did was I layered those wow. screens That's with fresh. Um, Kentucky bluegrass to try to give it these grassy, earthy undertones. That actually has a wine smell to it right out of the, like right off the bat. Almost. That reminds me, honestly, not quite of a Riesling, but there's like, fuck, I can't think of that French wine. I want to say Aligote, but it's not that. Dude, it actually does though. To like me, it has a French flavor. But now that like awesome. you say grass and stuff to it, yeah. Well, so weird. then the hoshigaki cool too. Is, yeah, it's super earthy. It's kind of funky because obviously it went through this like open air ferment basically, and that's what breaks down the sugars and it makes it even sweeter than what a persimmon would normally be. Um, so that's any sweetness you get in there is actually probably from the hoshigaki. Dude, that is super cool. But another one. This was actually more of Phil's idea. So th- it just goes into. I have a couple people that I hang out when I hang out with them. Like, my mind just goes crazy, and <laughs> Phil Esteban is one of them. He's one of the coolest, most creative, passion, like passionate chefs I know. Um, and, yeah, we just, we've done a lot of collabs, collaborations with him, and, yeah, this is one that we are really excited about. And we actually – we were talking about Brett earlier. We have a – we saved some of this, and we're going to bottle condition this with Britannomyces, too. So uh, that will come out in a, uh, probably, like, six months to a year. Um, but, yeah, we're, we're really excited. We're going to try to keep this going, too, as far as – uh, like with Open Gym San Diego and doing some more of these really creative where like he's the culinary guy and he kind of creates these things that then he brings to us like ingredients. Like he made the hoshigaki. Uh, it was like 60 pounds, 50 pounds. It's a lot. And I'm sorry, what was hoshigaki again? So basically what it is, I could look up a picture. So there are persimmons that were dried. fermented and dried? So yeah, they're basically persimmons. What you do is you hang them by a string in like a controlled environment um, where it's cool. And the, you have to massage them. Yeah, you literally massage them every day. And it basically, the fermentation that happens with the wild bacteria breaks down these sugars and it makes it even sweeter than what a normal persimmon would be. And it literally, by the time you're done, it cuts and tastes like a, like a fruit leather. Uh, I have no idea. Like a, fr- fruit like a fruit roll-up. Like a fruit oh, roll-up. Okay. Yeah, yeah, like fruit roll-up. Yeah, sorry. Oh, like fruit, fruit leather. Like... <laughs> Go on. <laughs> I My God, I could, I could, your guys' conversation when you're sitting around the brewery must be just crazy when you're trying to figure <laughs> out what to make in here. Because, I mean, we've sat down with other brewers. We've had plenty of people come in. Those are crazy looking. Dude, it looks like... Yeah. I was like, Turkish, so, it looks like a Turkish today. delight. So see you, oh, well, that way, yeah. yeah, so see you hang them like this. Yeah, and then it ends up being... Like, yeah, they look like Turkish delights. Yeah. 
it's crazy. Crazy. It's cra like it's crazy the stuff that we're at now where it's no longer just a, oh we took a malt this one hop and this is how we made this thing it's like dude i found this weird ass fruit that this guy makes around the corner yeah. that he massages day yeah. to day I, we're gonna ferment this and somebody's like all right, go ahead. Yeah, let's see what happens. In your case, let's throw grass at the bottom of the fermenter. And see, if I came to the owner of the wine, he was like, hey, I'm going to put grass in the barrel. He'd be like, am I firing you now or later after this? <laughs> that's the one thing that's about craft beer is, you know, there's yeah. nothing that's like out of the... You can't picture. experiment with wine like that. You can yeah. blend grapes together. I mean, it's the one weird thing about wine. You can't collaborate because nobody wants to. You can't go to like this guy and say, hey, let's, you make a Cabernet, I'll make a Merlot, and you make Petit Vol, and let's blend together because everybody's ego will get in the way. No, do more of this. No, do more of that. Yeah. And so you don't see that, and you don't really experiment. Like, there's fruited wine. I make a fruit wine. Yeah. It's basically an adult apple juice and amongst other things. But after that, there's, there's no experimentation other yeah. than, hey, we have this new weird grape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you guys get way more rain to do. I mean, we could you do want. smaller batch stuff too. I think you know where it's like it sucks. Throw it down the drain. You know what I mean? Uh, you can't wine. That'd be detrimental as far as like yeah. the amount of money you spent on, you know, procuring the grapes and then pressing them and fermenting them and you know waiting for By the way, it. Waiting. Yeah, a year waiting to two years. Yeah, and then yeah. to then just dump it down the drain. That's you know. I don't and in think... some cases, it could be for no reason. Better five six years later. Just exactly. out of nowhere, it just changes. Exactly. Yeah, and then you know. That's not good for business, I don't think. But I'll say, uh, owning a craft beer shop like this, we get a lot of people to bring us their funky creations, and 95% of them are bad. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is, it's actually really nice to try something so funky and different that's good. It's, it is really hard to look somebody in the eye and just be like, ah. So, what do you think of it? <laughs> that's why I think it the word like interesting is the word that everybody <laughs> unique, uses. Unique. Yeah. Unique. Oh, and that's unique. Basically means, <laughs> nah. Yeah. Don't want that. Yeah. <laughs> well, that has a good personality. <laughs> yeah, every if I pour I poured wines for people. What do you think of that? That's different. Oh, damn. <laughs> 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 All right. That dude, that was cool, man. Um I'm happy about that one. Thank you. I would drink that all day. I've been loving Pilsner's light beers now that it yeah. sucks to be outside in the state. So for us, that's why we have so much fun playing with loggers, pilsners, stuff like that. because um, you want something that's so approachable. So it's nice to find some cool ingredients and kind of mess around with those. I feel like there hasn't been a ton of experimentation with, you know, weird Pilsner lager kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, that's where this came from. Very so. cool. But All then right. you're going to have the traditionalists are going to freak out still, too. They're, they're in Europe, so they don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even our Japanese lager is not a normal rice lager. There's puffed jasmine rice in there, so it kind of adds these, like, floral notes to it. Um, it's which been our best-selling one recently, especially going because everybody's awesome. used to... Not, I don't want to say Bud Light is it's like a bad thing, but in this state, don't kid yourself. Like that craft is is shifting. Like if you go ten streets up from here, like for us when we sell of our wines, so it's weird grapes. People buy stuff. So you go ten streets, everybody should get Rombauer and Silver Oak and things like that. Yeah. You go up in that North Scotia, it's all Corona, Modelo, Bud Light. Like they would never in a million. You drop this Tama Tama or Tama 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 or that seltzer on them, they'd be like, "Are you kidding? I, yeah. No, never in a million years, kind of people." Yeah. But this neighborhood and this like group of people, they're like, yeah, cool. Next one, they'll yeah. love that. Yeah. And then they want to try the next weird one. Next time, they want it to be Bermuda grass instead of yeah, yeah, grass. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. How about just grass regular grass from your front lawn? You yeah. Like, <laughs> I picture somebody out there like a homebrewer mows and be like, let's chuck this in. Yeah. Yeah. The front lawn. I, I got Elsa Gundo grass. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's do. Let's have uh, Erica pop on because I want to talk about some what it's like slinging this beer around. And then, yeah, whatever's next, too. I'm enjoying these. That wallaby was fantastic, by the Thank way. Thank you. We should do blackberry coffee next. Yeah, yeah. Then we'll go to the heavy hitters and stouts. The stouts are going to be the fun oh, one. Yeah. 
we'll find a way to have you both on for the style. <laughs> yeah, we we warned all of our staff tonight that we were going to be uh, having fun tonight. Yeah, I'm glad we got the girls in tonight because I was like, oh, when when you told me they both here, I was like, yes, I'm not going to be sober. Also, the pizza truck we have is fantastic. I can't wait. Love. All right. See, now it sounds way different because you can hear us. Yeah. <laughs> it's like more terrifying, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it's way easier. Just like, pretend nobody's listening. Yeah. It's so different when you got the the, the headset yeah, on. So it's like within yeah. this realm. Welcome to our world. Hello. Eric. All right. So Erica. Hello, Erica. So Erica, you're the brand ambassador for Harland. Yes. How yes. long have you been in that position? Um, since July, so almost a year. Oh, very cool. I, um, Great started, timing, as usual. I I feel very fortunate. I mean, I got offered a full time job in the middle of COVID. Yeah. So very lucky in California to, too. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you're one um, of three people. <laughs> right. uh, yeah, I started bartending for them, and you know, just kind of connected with the guys, and they knew like my interest just in the industry and wanting to do more and kind of represent Harlan and whatnot and so yeah they were at first I had I had talked to them about like okay they're like we need someone to like do events and stuff like that and this is like pre-COVID and then I was like all right everything shut down and I was like oh man that's that's not gonna happen ever okay I'm just I'm yeah I'm gonna be bartending for like a year or so you know and then uh yeah they wanted to kind of get some beer outside of our market and focus on outside sales and so yeah i do runs up to riverside in la we send beer up to the bay area and um now we're getting started with like out of state stuff and is arizona the first state outside of california that you guys are distributing to so um i mean like as far as an actual distribution, distribution or not just like shipping to club members or yes. shipping to like well, so we don't do shipping out of state but we did send some beer down to florida because we went down for Wakefest in april so had a, a pallet of beer go down there so that was that was fun and uh yeah i'm trying to think we have like some other states on the agenda but every state's different as far as like the rules and everything and getting yeah. it set up and then it's like i'm looking at the calendar and i'm like all right what beers do we have how is it you know it's like a lot. It's like a juggling act, but yes, yeah, so you fun. might as well just put compliance director also underneath your title. Yes, and I'm slowly Swiss Army learning knife. all of that, and I'm like, oh man, and like I feel bad for other breweries like bringing stuff in because California is a pain in the ass. I mean, I'm like talking to distributors like down in Florida, and they're like, yeah, yeah, okay, just fill out this form, you're good. <laughs> yep, yeah, don't have to register anything. I'm like, awesome, and then we have like a brewery sending stuff in, and I'm like, okay, here's the list of what you have to do, and you need to do this by this day, and it's like. Yeah, it's um, it's pretty strict. It's so. a lot of hurdles you got to jump through to deal with all the Absolutely. other states. Absolutely, but um, but it's definitely a good learning experience, especially you know sending beer out here and kind of being involved with that and just you know the allocations and working with the reps and um, yeah, it's been <laughs> working with people like us who are like, hey, so this is all coming out and then it doesn't. Yeah, I I know. But it's and, clearly like, it's so Ennis's fault. I know. Ennis calls me. He's yeah, like, he I tried just, to cry I feel bad and like. <laughs> You know, we promised them this. I'm like, Ennis, I am he just as frustrated down. as you are. He was you in just... tears. <laughs> oh, I'm he like, pretty much was up. yesterday. I, <laughs> I think I heard, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, so many times. I'm like, it's okay. We're going to talk about you on the show constantly. I know. Well, I, like, I we'll, understand we'll exaggerate. Wow, that, that's going crazy. Yeah, we're going to over-exaggerate how he actually felt. Don't worry about it, Ennis. No, but I get it because I also, I deliver two accounts. And so I am I know what it's like to have to be face-to-face with these people when you're like, yeah, I've got this. And then you're like, no, I don't. Or they're like, can I get this? And I'm like, 
no, you can't. And it's not just like sending an email. You're literally going in and talking to them and you have a relationship with these people. And um, yeah, you just want to make everyone happy. So And it's tough because everybody's going to be different. Like we, we heard, we're like, all right, cool, whatever. Like we'll still have a good time with mm-hmm. this whole thing versus, you know, somebody's going to get caught in that one bad day where they're like, are you fucking kidding me? Oh my God. Oh, and their whole world ends for not yeah. having a beer. Yeah. Like, oh. Well, so many people yeah. have never sat in your chair or been in your shoes. So mm-hmm. from the buyer side, they don't realize all the hurdles. They don't realize the TTB could screw it all up. Right. Or right. what I was actually going to ask Ryan, I totally forgot, was how hard is it to get some of this stuff in from New Zealand? Because right now, shipping logistics across the world is a nightmare. Getting wines in or getting products in from anywhere in the Sucks. country is taking forever. So, I mean, you, I got friends that have ordered pallets of wine or containers of wine out of New Zealand in January, and they're still, like, lost somewhere in port. They're somewhere in a boat somewhere in LA. Yeah, it'll get there. It's like USPS. Or the the, the, the like can shortage that a lot of people label, dealt with. Like, I don't know if you guys got hammered by the can shortage, but we had a lot of people that did. So for us, we've been lucky. The New Zealand supplier that we go through, they actually ship after harvest everything to LA. So it's oh. all stored in LA until we order. So oh, that's nice. For us. So that we haven't had any issue with that. Um, this new harvest that just happened, we'll see. Yeah. Um, and then cans, we've been lucky. We found a big supplier in San Diego, and we have yet to run out of cans. So that's been nice. Better knock on that wood, bro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we were lucky to already have a canning line and a crowler machine. And so, you know, we were able to kind of keep afloat during COVID and all of that. And, yeah, definitely oh, cr- fortunate for that. That is a crazy flavor. So yeah, how many people bother you? Like, hey, can we get, like, all these new things? And, like, no, that's it's oh just Oh, my gosh, brewery. all the time. Yeah, especially my, my accounts that... I text with, you know, and uh, they're like, oh, I, I saw you have that beer. Or am I going to get some? And I'm like, I can't even get a four pack. No, like <laughs> that's got to so- be the nightmare of Instagram. Cause I like, I scroll exactly, through, I do all yeah. of our Instagram, Facebook, and I was like, oh, look who's releasing this cool new thing. I was like, that's zero chance of getting that. Yeah. Like, that's why I bothered Anthony. I was like, hey, man, drank the Fitzy one. Just letting you know, it's like <laughs> probably one of the top two stouts I've ever had. Yeah. If you buy any miracle, have another one. <laughs> but it's, it's really nice to also have people, they're supportive. They're stoked on the beer. You know, you hate to like not hear from people and they don't care what you're putting out. And so even like you saying that you love that stout, we're like, okay, Rad, let's get them a stout because it's like, it just, it takes that kind of, you know, connection and kind of having people speak up and say this is what I really liked and so even my accounts where I'm like I'm sorry I really can't get it for you but I know in the back of my head like if there ever was something that I could get a few cases I know who wants it and like who's kind of like made that known and you know still been nice about it and you got the excuse of working for a small brewery so if you run out of stuff people understand if you're working for a brewery that makes a million cases you know a month (laughs) well that's why it's hard for a distributor and I feel for like the sales reps because it's like they get so much beer in and they're saying yeah we've got it and then suddenly they're not allowed to sell it and they're like actually there aren't and it's like you know there's plenty of that beer going out but okay what's the reason why it's not hitting the certain account well the cool thing is so like I don't know what California's market is but after we've been in this neighborhood and even seeing our market people have been in this state really receptive to trying every single thing Mm -hmm. like there's really no pigeonhole like we started drifting back into a 50-50 West Coast style versus hazy style. But one thing we always have, because it always gets drank, is a Hefeweizen. Like, I thought okay. Hefeweizens died years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. After Blue Moon, I was like, I'll never see one. If it's not like a classic, you're like, yeah. who's drinking it? Yeah. And people drink Hefs out here like crazy. Red Ale still do really well. Okay. Stouts in the middle of July get drank. And you're like, how? It is 120 yeah. degrees outside. Why are you drinking a stout? Our first six customers that came in all left with six stouts. packs of stouts. All of them. We opened August of 2020. August. 116 <laughs> degrees outside. 
Yeah, this market has so much. August of 2020 was a rough time. Yeah, it was yeah. great. <laughs> but, but, but from Arizona perspective, it kind of wasn't because right, nobody right. in Arizona, either A, they didn't believe it, they didn't care, exactly. and it was probably more of the we don't care latter mm -hmm. side. Like Arizona was one of those, had we done this in California, we wouldn't have made it. Had we done this probably in most states, we might not have made it. Yeah. But Being as I, I was, you know, we did everything we could, mask, clean. But at the same time, I was like, man, I get it. I don't want to get sick. I don't want my grandparents to get sick. Mm -hmm. I mean, I ended up getting it. But we also wanted to stay open. Yeah. And have and the majority of people who came in were like, all right, we'll sit over here. We'll wear a mask. We'll get clean. And now that it's all, it is what it is, half the neighborhood, every day I meet somebody new. I live five houses down. I got my shot like yesterday. Here I am. It's like, sweet. Let's get you some beer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's been yeah, nice. It's nice. Yeah. Most plus of us have gotten vaccinated. And yeah, it's a little, just a relief. Being that Arizona's open before other states, too, is that so many people from California came out here. I mean, there were nights at the bar when everybody at the bar was like, oh, we just flew in from Seattle. We just flew in from Colorado. Yeah. We just All your people. Everybody from California was <laughs> of people came from California. San That's Diego's close, so we're going to go to the pool. And oh, it's yeah. like February or March. That's like, like Miami what? right now. Everyone I know has, I mean, we went down. I went down to see a friend, but it was like, people was like, how was it? I'm like, <laughs> It, yeah, it's pretty open. It's, you know, it's just, yeah, everyone suddenly flocked. and yep. They made everyone get tested before the beer festival, though, which is, I guess. You know. Yeah. Like, wait, just you or, like, the people coming no, in? So no, so anyone getting oh, a ticket okay, cool, or cool. the brewers had to have a negative test or a vaccination. So we lucked out where they opened it up in California to anyone in the industry. And um, we all kind of got it right away. And it worked out timing-wise for us to go down there. And, and it was good for, like, peace of mind just with, like, our owners. And they were very supportive of That's us going down there. That's a big thing, there. too, is the peace of mind yes because you really know I think a lot of people and a lot of other breweries don't want their employees traveling because okay we don't know what you're doing you know and it's like you understand but yeah we were lucky to kind of they had faith in us and yeah no, that's really cool yeah safely. i mean for our state there's only there's seven million people in the state four million in phoenix so they were like hey i got like, two months ago they were oh just everybody just feel free to walk on in and get it yeah so oh, it was, okay, it was right. yeah they literally right out of the gate were like whoever wants to come here can come here basically good good so this you want so so here's the secret for you. John hates sours. Hates oh. sours. Hates them. But if I'm, you notice his glass is the lowest of all of ours. No, you know, he's over here crushing it. That's what I'm saying. Typically, the more he hates it, the more he knows I'm probably going to buy it. Yeah. That's just the way it works. And they, the people bring sours, I'm like, give it to Damien. I don't, yeah. know I, I don't drink too many sours. It's just, I'm like, uh, heartburn. It's like a lot, but. And at the smoothie ones, sometimes you're like, this isn't beer. But we can't I keep it on the shelf. <laughs> it sells see, out exactly, like crazy. And that's it's what like people want. And I like yeah. when it kind of toes line. It's a little more like tart. I love when it's kind of got that, you know, berry flavor and it's tart, but not that sour that makes me, you know, feel like shit. And I imagine every time you go somewhere to like, hey, all right, cool, I'm gonna go promote this and pour it. You like take a little sip to make sure everything's good. Does that? Yes. This is gonna sound weird because like when we open wine, gotta check to make sure it's corked, see if it's bad. Is there any mm -hmm. like? flaw in a wine like you crack that can you're like oh what the fuck that's not right and i gotta get rid of that does that happen ever yeah yeah of course well well, okay. well, well with wine you, your bash could be completely fine but you could have one bottle that takes on a taint from the cork oh yeah we've had like one can of a four pack suddenly it's like this brown or weird color, color. Yeah, exactly or someone's like i don't think that was the beer it was supposed to be and i'm like well what was it what 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 did it look like you have to give me details and he's like well the other ones were fine and i still i'm like i don't know like 
yeah, things like that happen. But yeah, it's good to kind of, especially with like we are shipping beer out. And so we're like, okay, we've got these crawlers, but like, all right, did they make it here? Like, you don't know, maybe they didn't survive the heat as well. And these um, crawlers have held up great. I mean, considering yeah. you did them on Tuesday, they've been to the airport. Yeah, mm-hmm. traveled with us the entire time. Well, we, when we went down to Miami, we brought, you know, a bunch of samples. We had the Yeti and I had shipped beer down too to my friend's apartment. And we get to the hotel and they didn't have fridges. And, oh. I, and, I was like, and we had crawlers. Oh my God. And, and with I'm this like, thing, if this were to we, detonate. We're going to like the ice machine. I'm like, oh, we have our trash bins trash out. We're like, I've done that. Yeah, around yeah, yeah. cans. I'm like, all right, what do you have in there? Dude, it's I just a college apartment party bucket. It's like 95 yeah. degrees yeah. down there. And I'm like, oh man, no fridges. So, but so, yeah, I mean, you make it work. So, kind of a technical question, it's I guess really either of you can answer this is that, you know, we at there's a shop, we refrigerate every beer here. We're really cautious and we really take a lot of pride in the beer we serve and have in our shop. Not everybody refrigerates their beer. And I know stuff like this has to be kept refrigerated, but stuff like your lagers or your IPAs, do your guys's, do you recommend them to be refrigerated? Every beer in the entire world should be refrigerated. Okay, good. <laughs> no, I, yeah. I, I, I feel that way too. And I walk into a shop sometimes and I see all the stuff on the shelf at a big package store, none of which I'm going to name, yeah. but those giant, huge stores. Yeah. I see this beer and I'm like, that shit's been sitting on the shelf under a fluorescent light at yeah. 80 degrees for the last four months. Or, or that one place where the cans actually exploded on the shelf. Yeah, there's a place in town that doesn't oh, yeah. refrigerate smoothie beers smoothie and beers. they've had them on the blow shelf. up on the shelf. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you're you're making prison pruno at that point. Honestly, our biggest fear, and I got to get this thing, is uh, the the power going out because it happens. Like some days, it just gets so hot, the entire transformers down the street just give up on life and blow up, and then you have no power. Bottle shop and our fridge, whatever the air conditioner in the fridge went. And we're at the shop and we're like, oh God, okay, what's the temperature? What's the temperature? And we're like, what's first? Kombuchas, get them out, get them out. All right, sours. We moved them to like the other fridge we had, but it's like, you're you're kind of looking at them and you kind of know what will last and what. We have we have enough (laughs) smoothie sours in our fridge and uh, walk-in cooler that if the system were to fail, we might take out a city block and blow up. (laughs) Yeah, we have enough smoothie sours to give all of a five two five seven diabetes. You realize we're responsible for at least half this neighborhood gaining fifty pounds during COVID. The the COVID nineteen is a real thing. thing. We're still working it off. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was really tasty. I like that actually. Uh, that was everybody, a, that wait, was wait, wait, wait. He just liked a sour. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. I, I, listen, I don't know what. All right, what was in that? So the blackberry cobbler. You want to? Uh, blackberry, you know? vanilla bean, Vanuatu vanilla beans, and uh, graham cracker. Okay, because there was something kind of. It must be the vanilla beans because I was thinking there's like a cocoa flavor kind of to it, but it must be the vanilla that's mm-hmm. coming across. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. we did one version with. Moisture coffee and cinnamon. cinnamon. Yeah. So there's been a few variations, but yeah, this is one of those that like God, people go crazy for. I like when I first started bartending what when a they weird released trend. this beer. And I have like grown men coming in and they're like, Why don't you have the cobbler? And I'm like, <laughs> We ran out. I'm like, I they're like, but everyone liked that beer. Why wouldn't you have it? I ever I come in here, everyone's drinking. Why and I was like, Well, we're hoping you like the next one we do. Like I don't you know, I'm like, there's no more left. I'm sorry. Like and I'm like, Man, these what yeah, what would you ever thought in your entire life you'd have people come and going like grown men be like, I want that cobbler. Yeah. Like, wait, what? (laughs) Yeah. I I could have seen it with every beer. What do you mean you don't have super spritz super seltzer? Really? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, 
band. It's a nice lager for you, but yeah, yeah. When we first opened, we were pouring Drecker, and we had a line. I almost had a fight break out in the beginning because I told people, "Yeah, just grab as much as you want." And the girl was like, just hand grabbed everything oh, yeah. and moved. It. I was like, "Wait, what? Yeah, is yeah. going on?" Yeah, we almost had two big burly dudes fist fight over a blueberry smoothie beer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like and guys, y'all can go to the store and, and just buy a pie and throw it in a blender exactly. and pour vodka exactly. into it. Be my guy. I watch people going to do that yeah. now. Yeah, I feel like, and that's always like the you know the juggling act of for them just making we want to make beers that we want to drink and so we love doing our lagers i'm so happy i had that really nice west coast ipas and like but then it's like we know that like this is what people want so for a camera releases like okay let's do some wild ones too and um it's fun to kind of do a little bit of both but you know we're happy that people are like appreciating i think our lagers and it's like so nice to kind of get that respect from other people in the industry too um so because it's like that's what we want to drink and that's what i think most people in the industry want to drink but it's like so on your day off what do you like to drink oh gosh and it, I, you don't you, you can not harlan just any no wrong answer i am yeah. i like it depends on my mood and literally one day i do a lot of wine i love wine um i don't do too much liquor only because can't hang for too long if I do. Um, but, yeah, I'd say mostly wine on my off days. As much as I, I think before I was in the industry, I was drinking a lot more beer and, like, really wanting that, like, great hazy double and, you know, loving it. And now it's, like, I drink beer every day. So now it's, like, I'm looking for that break. I'm looking for, like, totally. something different. And no, that was one of the first yeah. things I told you when you came in. The reason why we got into beer is because we drank so much wine in the wine industry exactly. that yeah. beer was refreshing for us mm -hmm. after a long day. And I, um, you know, I moved out to San Diego from New York, and uh, the whole West Coast IPA thing, like, they're just, they don't make them. And now they're, like, slowly starting to make them. And it's, like, you know, kind of those traditional IPAs, but that real, like, you know, clear west coast ipa just wasn't i wasn't familiar with it and so it was really fun for me to like geek out over those when i got out i'm like oh my god this is great and like you know now i'm like oh god i can't even drink like a whole hazy even though i love them like that new england style but um yeah it's kind of nice that you can go off of your mood and yeah i would say my, my wine palette or my lick whatever i'm drinking changes with the season the day who i'm, I'm hanging so out seasonal. with yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah like summer i'll drink vodka lemonades all day but I try not to, not all day, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> to wake up in the morning, before, breakfast is soon. Yeah, I like, and then like in the winter, especially on like the East Coast with the seasons, like, okay, I want like old fashions in Manhattan in oh, the winter. Yeah. And like, it's a little upsetting to be in San Diego. And I'm like, is it, can I have a Manhattan? It's still warm, but I'm like, Just no, wait for the temperature to hit later in the night. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But yeah, definitely like a seasonal drinker. So, so obviously during the pandemic uh, is a problem, but now that, you get to be the brand ambassador do you are they gonna you're gonna go up and down the entire state of california to just keep promoting it or they are like your is your goal or is the company's goal to send hey you know we're gonna take over the next five states by us to get everything out there i think it's more of um you want it to kind of happen organically and i don't think the the goal is like all right let's like get into these five states and have like you know consistent distribution and just like bang out a bunch of beer it's more of like where do we have connections where do we have people that like maybe want the beer but we want to get them more stuff like you know we went up to sacramento and we did the bay area which was great during COVID, so like last october and you know they were really stoked on it so we like to get them beer once in a while and then um you know now kind of meeting 
people I've got some connections in like New York and wanting to get out there and then Florida and you know you kind of just go off of like the relationships you have and like yeah. where I mean even where like uh, people are asking for your beer like oh like where are they trading to and where like do you see kind of potential for um ryan's over here like oh my god so much more work to be done soon <laughs> exactly well, she's gonna wanna, put you to like, work bro <laughs> you wanna like look at the market too i mean we've been wanting setting beer out to like vegas too and i'm like guys vegas is like, vegas could be nuts 450 north country like we got it like we have to have you know you gotta have the right beer to send out and so we can have a talk about the vegas market yeah he knows yeah. that one better. Okay. i know it very well Oh, yeah, a few of our reps have lived out there. Also, you nail one hotel, and all of a sudden you need a 40-barrel system just for that one hotel. Exactly, yeah. (laughs) One buyer at one hotel can make or break (laughs) an entire year. Also, if you lose them, then all of a sudden you're stuck with, like, oh, shit, we have so much extra. Yeah. At least this this state's consistent. It's growing fast for what it is, but it's slow probably compared to everybody else for the most part. I think we're, like, the seventh or eighth true bottle shop in this probably state okay or city excuse me (laughs) well it's interesting i like moving out to san diego and like new york there is there's so few breweries and so there's so many beer bars and bottle shops like that so that's what you're kind of used to that's where you go and you try beer and moving to san diego there's so many breweries that there's very few bottle shops and all that and i was like oh my gosh that's not like a thing out here you know we've got like bottle craft and they've got like a monopoly on the market it's just like it's wild how different kind of the scene is and so um, it's interesting. It's fun to like go to other cities, even like being here. And there are li- just these like awesome beer bars and you know sp- places like these that we love. And um, you know, I love the whole like having some package and you know taps and yeah. And everybody out there, at some point, like when we get back out there and you talk to everybody, they're real, really want to learn. Like, mm-hmm. it's a lot of that, because they don't know. They've never yeah. had it. They've never experienced it. You get the people. I mean, most of them are gone now, the snowbirds. Oh, yeah. Draw from Chicago, <laughs> the Midwest. So they're all yeah. like, we know beer. We have New Galeris and 900 other breweries they talk about. <laughs> so they come up and they stare at our, like, our fridge and like, holy crap, you guys actually have some decent beer out here now. Mm-hmm. Versus the Arizona people like, what is all of this? I've never seen this before. Yeah, so then yeah. they just What's have local? ADD and yeah. they're like, let me take this, let me take this, yeah. let me take this. Yeah. Arizona's always five years behind the rest of the trends of the country. <laughs> Whatever's popular in Seattle or Oregon hey, is, is popular out here five years job, later. Though. You guys are doing a pretty good job, so... Yeah. This is killer. So Fitzy One. Fitzy One? Where'd you come up with that name? Uh, so we started our membership <laughs> this year, beginning of the year, and uh, this was our first release. I'm going to let Ryan talk about this one because we love Fitzy One. Uh, oh, because so it's, it's a Fitzgerald. And Fitzgerald so it's an old Fitzgerald barrel-aged stout. It was our first release for the members of this year. Um, so basically it spent, I think, 14 months in barrel. Uh, this is the first stout we brewed out of our facility, actually. So like I, I want to say like a month into brewing, me and uh, Nick and I brewed a uh, stout base and released some fresh, um, and it was called 15 Hours to Midnight because it was a 15-hour boil to concentrate it down into... Jesus. Like, yeah, so we did that to concentrate it into like a pastry stout kind of base. Um, and that one was treated with uh, macadamia nut and, and coffee. Um, so that was released fresh. And then we put the rest into barrels, which then became Fitzy One. So, this so you actually is, made two beers. Yeah. I mean, it's, be- I know you made one the beer, beer, but yeah, you released so it. So one base play. and turned it into two beers, exactly. One was released fresh, and one was released uh, barrel aged 14 months later. Um, so this is the first member release. And then we conditioned it on a ton of coconut and maple syrup after that we pulled it out of the barrel. So, I just picture everybody laughing, pouring maple syrup into the barrel like, as it's going <laughs> so yeah. like in the morning eating pancakes so, so also uh with your club which since we're just kind of talking about, i want to touch on this so your club is uh a, is it a monthly a quarterly is it Yearly. limited yes 
So we did a lottery and we picked, uh, we have 80 members. We had a lot of submissions, but um, yeah, so we wanted to keep it small. We wanted to make sure, especially in the first year, that it was just a great experience and done well. And um, yeah, so we're about halfway through and we've had about four bottles come out. And, you know, unfortunately we haven't been able to do too many of like the events and stuff like that. And so now we're yeah. kind of like, okay, now we're, we want to start planning all of that stuff. But you know, just a lot of like personal engagement with the members and getting the bottles. They also have first dibs to all of our can releases. So I think that's also the big seller. Yeah. Our can releases sell out like in seconds. And it's like, it sucks for us. We want everyone to be able to try our beer. You know, it's like. It's a balancing game. Yes, exactly. You, you want know, to keep it limited. You don't want any leftovers, but you do want. Do you get a try like when they come out like, all right, we got cans. Everybody crack one or like go take it straight from the I, tank and I pour a little off. I go to the canning off. line and I'm like, oh, this top didn't go out. Give me this. One. Okay. <laughs> no, that one didn't fill like, all I, the way. I, I'm going to I know drink exactly that. when things are being. Yes. I'm like, it's funny because like we'll try stuff and then it goes out and you're so busy with other stuff that I'm like, oh, I haven't even like cracked a can of it you know I haven't had it on draft because then they'll put it on draft and it'll sell out in the weekend but uh yeah so the members are allowed to get whatever double allotment um versus like the public so usually like two four packs of each so um so it's nice we are able to like get it to the people that really want it I know like they're sharing it with a lot of people and um yeah so that's crazy how like that is flavored like that <laughs> so yeah one of mom. our um like actually one of the stuff you guys have on tap here uh, is a member stout that they got to vote the adjuncts, so they chose. Oh, that's really cool, actually. Yeah, so just going into R more. Real fast, sorry. How many members? Eighty. 80. And that's like that's the max on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, because I figure with how much you can make, you actually have to be capped. Yeah. yeah okay. So I mean, the main thing too with the first year is that Nick and I only had so many barrels filled, and a lot of them we want them to be barrel aged beers. So you know, those are going to sit in barrel for a minimum of a year, upwards of eighteen months. Yeah. Um, so it just basically just taking stock of how much liquid we have in barrels and then, you know, kind of adjusting our membership based off that. So, okay, cool. Um, I think right now we probably have closer to 60 full oak barrels filled. So like next year we should be able to each least... one different. Uh, or... So same base, but they're different barrels. Yeah. That's like, what I meant. Yeah, yeah. 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 We have like Weller barrels. We, ha we have Weller special reserve barrels. We have stag barrels. We have, uh, trying to think what else we have. We have, we have like a Maker's Mark barrel. We just got. Um, Dude, yeah, it's funny. All the whiskey and bourbon barrels that get used for beer. Yeah. Versus me, everybody wants to buy our stuff yeah. for like whiskey, bourbon, whatever. Because we get calls. Actually, I, most of the barrels, the port barrels, which we'll talk later about, most of them were purchased by tequila wineries or uh, okay. uh, excuse me, tequila distilleries. Okay. Um, they put a lot of añejos into there and make some type of añejo port based one, yeah. and it's really cool. <laughs> Recently, we've been doing actually what we were talking about, but we've been doing with restaurant groups within our industry that we sell beer to. Like, they obviously buy a lot of whiskey, so they get their own barrel yeah. picks. So then, then us doing a collaboration where then they donate those barrel picks to us after they're after they get the barrel after they've yeah. picked, you know, he did that. He whiskey. had a Blanton's barrel over at his place. Yeah, yeah. So then they'll donate the barrel to us and then we'll age it and then kind of be like an exclusive drop for our members and then them on draft at their facility. So that's, that's really, like cool. really cool thing. Yeah. That's why it sounds like there's a lot going forward, and especially for you coming out of an entire pandemic to have a whole new world that I'm, you got to yeah. deal with slowly, I'm imagining. But hey, I'm impressed by the fact you guys have expanded how quickly and they're still doing great things. Because a lot of times when people expand yeah. so fast, balls get dropped and things are like, oh, That's we just put out this beer, funky beer and it's not as good. And then you're running out of everything. And. For in two years to be at, what, three tap rooms mm -hmm. already in another state. That's pretty crazy. 
Yeah. And be, like I said, be putting out consistent quality products. Dude, I flew out from Arizona to come to the brewery. (laughs) (laughs) That was fun. That was fun, by the way, driving through L.A. with zero traffic. Oh, it was insane. And you can see the mountains at the other end. There's snow. And I'm like, where the hell am I? The city is clean. That's the saddest part about COVID being over is that I have traffic. Yeah. Boo. So where did the name Harland come from? Uh, So actually, that's the owners. Uh, I'm not 100 percent sure. Okay. We'll ask them when they come on the show. We're just going to say it's random. We're not. Yeah, we're just going to say it's random. I was on board and was already called Harland. Yeah. All right. Well, cool. Um, Which is what? Just Anthony or? Anthony and Jeff. And Jeff. Yeah. Jeff. I have not met Jeff. Okay, I met Lisa together. and Anthony. Okay. And Lisa yeah. is Scout. Sales. Yeah. 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 Okay. Sales. So what's this one? Uh, so this is our, se- is this the second? Second. Yeah, second yeah. Uh, members release uh, with the appropriate name, All Gas, No Breaks, because it is. Like the YouTube guy? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. That's so fantastic. We yeah. did not realize this. And Jeff actually was like, guys. Is this okay? Have you seen the like he's, Instagram he's account? Amazing. All that? And we're like, what are you talking about? And then he sent us all of it, and we're like, oh my gosh. I'm like, well, we didn't know about it, so we're not going to change the name. But no, absolutely not. Also, this beer is 100% all gas, no break. So basically, <laughs> damn. Uh, we worked with a local distillery, Malahat. Um, they're right down the street from us, but they use like 30 gallon barrels, so they're a little bit smaller than what your normal bourbon barrel would be. What's a uh, normal bourbon's? What 50? I think they're like 62. Okay, yeah, because in wine, Burgundy 60, Bordeaux. 50, so it's always that 55, 60. Yeah, yeah. So these are only 30 gallons. Um, so a little more concentrated. Way more concentrated. So this ended up finishing Probably like a lot more. 14% ABV. Woo. Um, and then we hit it with two pounds of vanilla for a 30 barrel, 30 gallon batch. So it's a lot, of, probably the most vanilla we've added into a beer. Um, so it's appropriately named All Gas No Breaks. It, it comes off a little hot, but I mean, I think it's been. It's a, a little on the nose, but it doesn't burn. It but doesn't you know burn. it's there. Yeah, you know the alcohol is there for sure. I think it drinks a little bit more, uh, like, more like but what what is wait what is it how do i pronounce this malahat so yeah malahat spirits is a local oh distillery. it's a bourbon okay I see yeah it's bourbon. a bourbon it's a local distillery here uh we have in san diego they're actually like uh, a couple streets down or off miramar but they're really close we're really friends uh really good friends with the owners we've used them at other breweries before um but they're awesome guys uh they do a lot of small batch whiskey bourbon and, that's cool uh, when you have neighbors gin. that are right there that you'd be like hey do that we had a one of our very first podcasts we had ever done we had a buddy that we met at a concert as we were coming up with the idea for the shop he owned a brewery in canada and uh they had some friends that had a distillery and they barrel aged a stout for 19 months in what was i think it was a gin barrel and it got up to 90% alcohol by the time it was done. And then they sent that barrel to a distillery. That distillery is going to send it to a winery. The winery is going to... And they're just basically sending it all back and forth between each other till somebody drops it and it falls off a truck and breaks. <laughs> yeah, so that's our kind of our program with these guys is uh, they donate the barrels for free. We age beer in them and then we give them back to them and they finish whiskey. And they finish whiskey. Yeah, that's right. No, that's cool, man, because yeah, that'll just keep going back and forth until, like I said, fucks up. This is fantastic. I like the, uh, it's kind of cool. I mean, I'll take pictures of it, but the the fact that you have these, all the circles for your barrels and then each one gets highlighted out. I actually forgot that we did that and then I'm looking and I'm so like, oh, yeah, I was looking at that right. too. I thought that was I'm awesome. Like, are we keeping up with that? Yeah. Yeah, so the members get, <laughs> somebody's going to forget. Ah, yeah, exactly. oh, shit. <laughs> the members get 10 bottles a year uh, included with their membership. So basically it highlights the bottle, what bottle they're on. So, mm. And then, yeah, it looks like a little stack of barrels. So with your membership, so can I bribe somebody to get into this membership? <laughs> I'm saying, or who do we have to knock off, dude? That tastes, <laughs> that tastes like a 
cooked marshmallow s'more centerpiece. Yeah, so it smells like very on the hot side. Like you think, like you smell it and you're like, oh my god. Yeah, there's no like burn really on the hot, alcohol. And then it drinks super smooth, like straight vanilla. Oh my god, that'll ruin a party real fast if you drink this whole bottle. <laughs> this is why people get in trouble because they drink this whole thing and have a good time. This is That's why we delicious. stalled with like five other cans beforehand because I'm like. After these come out. This is going to be a long night. We're getting yeah. pizza right after this. <laughs> yes. Now, especially because as people will tail in. And I got some fun people for this. No, these are... Uh, all, all the beers have been great. I'm, I've been a huge fan of that Tama Tama. That was actually, for as mm -hmm. weird as that was, probably one of the coolest tasting beers I've had in a while. That's awesome. And these stouts are killer. <laughs> no, I'm so excited about your guys' brewery. Like, it's rare that you see somebody who's only been in business for two years that's putting yeah. out such cool stuff. That's also tasting good. I mean, we've seen so many breweries here that after year two, they fire their brewery brewer and they hire somebody else. And then they finally start getting good because yeah. it's two businessmen and their friend who's a home brewer. Yeah. They start the brewery and they realize their friend can't keep up with mass production. It can't, you know, doesn't have connections to get Kentucky bluegrass. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it, it goes back into the our owners. Our owners are awesome as far as like they're not brewers and they kind of let uh, uh, Nick and I kind of just do our thing. And then, I mean, combine even. I'm 33 and Nick's 31, 32, something like that. But even just in that short amount of time, I think total, like we're pretty much almost 20 years combined in the beer industry. So as oh, far as awesome. brewing. So, you know, taking these like unique styles and then just learning how to make them actually taste good um, just comes from, you know, a lot of years of brewing experience. It's fun because now you got, you've got obviously, you know, YouTube being the main brewers making all this stuff. Erica's going to come in and gets to sling all the fun stuff while she mm -hmm. does it, you know, exactly. all across what two states minus you know california now arizona and Eric. you get to do all the fun traveling while oh, ryan's yeah. gonna be working i know, I know. <laughs> yeah but how often do they let you out of the cage <laughs> oh man i feel i felt bad even just coming here but yeah <laughs> you're, like, you're like in the back of your head there's so, so much work to be done <laughs> it's like they just opened california yeah. <laughs> it's funny because you have to deal with why is our production not high and you have to be this why can't i get it <laughs> Exactly. I just keep like, telling the boys back. Yeah. Keep telling the boys back at the brewery. I got lots of beer I'm bringing back. Yeah, for you, so yeah. Excellent. <laughs> like, we'll send you with we'll send you with a bunch of cool beers just so they please you and take care of like oh listen all right fine we'll leave you alone for two days. And to kind of get towards the end of this, so you have a core four that are in the markets, right? Yep. And then how often do you plan on sending specialty stuff like out of state? Like do you have um, a goal in mind? We it's funny, I just talked to Anthony about this and you know, we had kind of come here and I've been talking to accounts like, listen, we definitely wanna keep you guys happy, keep people excited about the brand. We don't just wanna be like, Okay, here's our th three core brands for and we're just gonna send them out and that's all you're gonna see. Like we definitely want to keep you a little excited, let them know what we're working on, not just kind of hold on to that in San Diego. And so um, I think that's already a part of the plan in terms of, you know, this market. I know like being aligned with Scout and kind of being able to work with them and they know like, you know, we have a little more, um, you know, we can work with the reps and stuff and what's going on out here. And so we kind of know like, all right, we hit up these accounts and we definitely want to treat them well and get them some fun stuff. So, um, you know, nothing as far as set in stone like this is how much beer we'll be sending out but it's definitely kind of a part of the plan to keep sending more specialty out and uh yeah so hopefully 
you'll see more of that. And yeah. and I'm sure as we do this, we'll have more fun stories. Food. Next time you're actually out in the market and the yep. weird people you'll meet out in the countries in the middle of nowhere. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> oh, and we could do this anytime you come to town. Like, it's easily, <laughs> like, pop in here, give me an excuse yep, to drink some beard exactly. in the afternoon. I imagine there's a lot of Florida stories that are coming at some point. Oh like, God. you're the Florida weirdest people the out best. there. Yeah, <laughs> Florida's gonna Florida. Yeah. You should, you'll, I hope she comes in tonight. Her name is Brandy. She knows the person who threw an alligator through a window <gasps> at a Wendy's or something in her neighborhood. Oh, my God. Want to take a guess at what state it was in? If you thought it was Florida, you were right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, hopefully more of that to come. We're like, we were uh, actually Portland. We're going up to Oregon in July. So we're going to brew with some guys up there. They're actually coming down to brew, and then we're going to send some beer up and set up some events. Hopefully uh, get over to Mecca Grade, all of that. You know, just like keep kind of pushing awesome. out there. Sounds so. like guys doing a fantastic job. A lot of the distribu uh, distribution like out-of-state stuff comes from collaborations. So if we link up with a brewery mm -hmm. that we're doing a collaboration with, let's say like right now, it's our friends up in, these guys up in uh, Bend, Oregon, uh, Boss Rambler. But we're like, if we're going to go up there, let's <laughs> send some beer up there, you know? So, so I'm yeah. imagining a Ren collab is coming. Oh, <laughs> uh, we Yes, we're, we hope so. We're working <laughs> We like geek out over them. We're just like, let's go back. Okay. I love, I love it. It's I live next door. Yeah, <laughs> literally. Yeah. Literally across literally. the street. I was like, actually sad because they're out of merch. I was trying to buy shirts and they had like, no, they had like only smalls left. I'm like, oh. that's not going to work. All right. Tell you, tell you, when more. I got one. It kind of fits. It kind of fits. We'll, we'll, we'll send you stuff. <laughs> I was going to say, when, when they come out with more sizes, we'll work out a trade. I'll send out. So I'll get some Ren House shirts and we'll get some Harlan perfect, shirts. Perfect. And Yeah. I come out to San Diego like every few months anyway. So I'll bring some stuff for you guys. And when if they drop some new beer, because I'll drive in. I'll fill we like I'm now I'm like all like psyched about mead. I was like telling what? him, I was like, I haven't had that much mead. I need oh, to yeah. try more and like we brewed Oh, so you like mead? All right, cool. Well, oh yeah. Then we came out I mean well, I don't know if you saw, like, but I had five I have five time. cans left of the collab that I I hid oh, for tonight. Okay, okay. So we have a couple for you guys for tonight. Wonderful. The meat stage just says fourteen percent. You're just sitting there drinking it. You yeah, like that was like our lunch on Wednesday. We went at eight a.m. and then we're like, let's go get. Oh, because yeah, you said you're at uh, AZ Wilderness, yeah. which I think is right next door to the. Well, superstition. no, what, this is Wednesday when yeah. we went to Superstition. Uh, but we were in Prescott. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you yeah. went up there. So we we bounced around. It was it was. And you're here done. till Sunday, Monday. Sunday, Sunday morning, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. My buddy's the production manager at Superstition. That's how the cloud came apart. Oh, very uh, cool. But he just is like, try them all, and then you forget they're fourteen. <laughs> Mike's here. Yeah, no, I mean honestly. You know, after this, there's a million cool places. I'm assuming you're still in the city yeah. for Saturday, Sunday. Yep. Yes. Well, there's some great Manhattan and old-fashioned places around the area. As a matter of fact, one of the best bartenders will probably be in here later tonight because he's a stout guy. So oh, awesome. we'll have him meet you guys. Right. Yeah, you should share these with the with the crew. Or Whereas, wait, there's, I can't wait to pour the beer for everybody. Yeah. These get specially dropped for a few of our guests that are out there because right. they're huge yeah. stout guys. But like I said, you'll you'll meet a bunch of people tonight. We'll cool. grab some food. Damien, well, man, you got any final thoughts? We're super there? excited. Uh, your guys' your guys's website. Uh, Harlan Beer or Harlan Brewing? Harlan Beer. HarlanBeer.com. Mm -hmm. Instagram, Harlan Beer. Yeah. Yeah, if you guys, beer. anybody listening hasn't heard of them, please check them out. You can always find their beers here. You can go to California, check out their beers at the breweries. Yeah, um, Del Mar Paseo. Is, what was the other place? Paseo? Well, Del Mar, it yeah. It's the one Paseo development. One Paseo development in Del Mar. Yeah. Uh, Bay Park is the other. Bay Park and Miramar. Ranch, I loved yeah. it. I drove into Miramar, F 18 flying over me as our Uber yep. was taking us to your place. <laughs> 
Super cool, guys. No, Ryan, Eric, I'm so happy you guys came on the show. I'm really happy you shared these awesome beers with us because I've not been as lucky as John. I haven't been out to visit you guys, so I haven't had a chance to try as much. Anthony totally didn't get me drunk when I was out there at all. (laughs) (laughs) Thought I was going to have three beers, ended up having every one. (laughs) Yeah, no, we're super excited. So let's have a little collab tonight, takeover. Let's eat some pizza, have some fun. Cool, guys. Thanks, everybody, awesome. for listening. We'll Thank catch you, you later. And check out Harlan and uh, everything they are. And if you're in San Diego, make sure you get some of the beers. Rock and roll. Take care, guys. Right. Thanks.